Welcome to the God's Peculiar People podcast, where we learn about the lives and characteristics of God's people. Welcome back to the God's Peculiar People podcast. In the two previous episodes, we have talked about the life of the Apostle Paul, first his conversion, and in the second episode, the quick overview of his first and second missionary journeys. As I've gotten into this, I realize there's so much more we could look at, so many different avenues we could take, and this is just an overview. Uh, we'll definitely have to come back and do a more in-depth look at the life of Paul at some point in the future, but we're going to continue on today with his third missionary journey, and I believe we're going to lead up into, uh, if we don't do it today, in the next episode, we'll discuss uh, his arrest and a transport to Rome, and then some discussion around what took place after his arrest and going to Rome for two years. So we'll see what we discuss about that, how far we get here. But for his third missionary journey, there's some things that are interesting. So between his Paul's first and second journey, he spent... Uh, an extensive amount of time in Antioch. He went back and he stayed there for about two years. We can see that in Acts 14 verse 28. And he ended up going to Jerusalem for a while in Acts 15, 1 through 2. But it's interesting between the second and the third journeys that Paul did not remain long in Antioch. It says in Acts 18, 22 and 23 that he did spend some time there, but he was very quick to move on. And the reason for this is, is going back to the end of that second journey that he had come in Acts 18, verse 19, it says, and that he came to Ephesus and left them there, that's Aquila and Priscilla, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they desired him to tarry a longer time with them, he consented not, but bid them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. And so we see he sailed away. He saluted the church in Antioch. He spent some time there, and then he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening the brethren. So he was there for a short time in Antioch. Then he quickly got back into the swing of things and went to Galatia and Phrygia. This would be his third time in that region, and it would be the start of his third missionary journey. So he spends some time strengthening the brother, brethren in those two places, Galatia and Phrygia, but then he goes to Ephesus. Paul felt the desire to return to Ephesus. He had briefly stopped there, and now he wanted to get back. And we see in Acts 19 verses 1 through 7 that he was able to speak to some Jews who were there in Ephesus. We see that in Acts 19 verse 1, and he asked them if they had received the Holy Ghost. They had heard about John the Baptist, what John the Baptist had preached, and they believed on that. They had not heard about being baptized in the name of Christ. He would have explained to them what John had taught, what Jesus had taught, and they believed and were baptized. And it says that there were about 12 men there that Paul spoke with and helped to teach them. And then he went into the synagogue there in Ephesus um, and in the school of Tyrannaeus, and he spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But in the synagogue, many were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude. And so Paul, again, like he always does, he goes first to the synagogue, he shares the truth. If they don't want it, he will step back and go to another group who is interested. And so he went and ended up in Ephesus in the school of Tyrannaeus, daily disputing in Tyrannaeus' school. And he continued there by the space of 
two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So all the others believed that Paul was in Ephesus from about AD 54 through 57 AD. And during that time, taught in the school of Tyrannaeus, he had gone to the synagogues, and also during this time, he would write two of his epistles. He wrote to the Galatians, and his purpose was to verify his apostleship and the gospel of justification by faith in Christ. He would also write 1 Corinthians in, they believe, the spring of 57 AD, and his purpose was to correct sinful practices and refute false doctrine. But before this, he had sent out Timothy and Erastus. They had gone into Macedonia, with Timothy eventually going on to Corinth, which might be how he heard about what was happening in the city of Corinth, and thus why he wrote the letter to try to encourage them to walk together in unity, love, and truth to get them back on to the right path. And I'm not confident if this is with the letter or just in connection with the fact that he'd sent a letter, but he would send on Titus to go to Corinth as well. Then there was an incident with the Diana, the goddess of the Ephesians. We don't have time to discuss all of that. That would be a great story to come back to at another time. But finally, Paul begins to depart from Ephesus. So Paul moves on to Troas in Acts chapter 20, and it says, After the uproar was ceased, this was the uproar with Diana, the goddess of the Ephesians, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go into Macedonia. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece and there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail unto Syria, he proposed to return through Macedonia. And they accompanied him into Asia Sopatar of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. So we see Paul is gathering people about him. He's going on his travels. He has sent out earlier, he sent out Timothy and Erastus to go into one place, and he has these other people who are accompanying him as he journeys. And so these together with Paul, going before, tarried for us at Troas, and so he had been there for about three months. Then he goes, he sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. It's interesting from this point on, there seems to be a lot of dates. It's like these very quick dates. It's here seven days, here so so long. Uh, we read a lot more about dates. I'm not sure why the shift on that exactly, but there seems to be a lot more discussion of dates. And so upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. We're going to look at the story real fast here. This is Acts 20, verse, uh, we'll start with verse 8 here. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together, and there sat in a window a certain young man, Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. So we see this miracle happens. The young man has fallen out of the window. Paul was long in preaching because this is one of the last times he may be there. So it's it's one of those you don't really want the meeting to end. If you've ever been to a good Bible conference or a missions conference where the singing is good, the preaching is good, the, the fellowship with people, you just don't want the event to end. It's kind of what's happening here is that they know Paul is going to leave and they don't want it to end. And so he's he probably himself maybe doesn't want to 
be finished. And so just continuing to talk and this young man just heavy with sleep, maybe had worked all day, was very tired, fell down with sleep and the miracle that he was taken up alive afterwards was amazing. A reminder to these people that God was working through Paul and a good reminder from for them. And so from Troas, they went to Miletus and he was looking for, it appears he was looking to try to find Titus and he didn't find him. And so he continues on into Macedonia. It's believed that while Paul was in Macedonia that he wrote the second letter to Corinthians. It's believed that Timothy had come back and inform Paul what the reaction was to his first letter, how the people were behaving, how they were acting. And so the second letter to the Corinthians was written to vindicate, again, Paul's apostleship and manner of life. It's believed that while Paul was in Greece, going back to the first part of Acts 20, verses 1 through 3 there, says that they abode there three months. It's believed that Paul wrote Romans during this time, and this was to set straight the design and nature of the gospel to remind them that the gospel is God's power of salvation. From Troas, they went on a ship, began to sail, they were headed to Miletus. Uh, Paul had determined, it says in verse 16, to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted if it was possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And then when they were come to him, he said unto him, Ye know from the first day when I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all times, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you, and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God, and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Wherefore watch and remember, that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one, night and day, with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver, or gold, or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities, and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. So Paul calls for these elders from Ephesus and is giving them a parting reminder. A parting reminder of the work that he has done, his faithfulness to the work, that he's taken nothing from anyone, and declaring a sad fact that he does not believe he will see their faces again. Paul has it set in his mind that he wants to make it to Jerusalem. 
That's his, at this end of this third journey, that is his main focus, to make it to Jerusalem by Pentecost. That is his, his goal and his, his intent. And he stated that bonds and afflictions abide me. He knows that where he goes, it's not going to be an easy path. It's, it's not going to be smooth sailing. There's going to be trials. There could be chains. He knows that as he goes forward, and yet he still goes. He still is moving forward to go where he believes God wants him to go. So he's in Miletus. He'd called for the people from Ephesus, to, the elders from Ephesus to come and speak with him. So he goes on to Tyre. He passes by Cyprus on his way, sailing to Syria. He lands at Tyre. He spends one day with the brethren in in a city that I cannot pronounce. I don't remember how to pronounce this one. Ptolemus, Ptolemus, something along those lines. He spends one day with them. And the next day he spends in Caesarea with Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven uh, who were included with Stephen, who were the to help care for the church. He was with them. And then he tarried many days there in Caesarea. And there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And he was when he was coming to us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we see, saying, The will of the Lord be done. And then they proceeded on. And then they, the next stop that Paul would make on his journey, going from Caesarea, would be at Jerusalem. So Paul's arrival in Jerusalem must have been with very mixed emotions. You had to have been very much on maybe on edge. Maybe he was very content. Maybe he was. Hopefully, you know, knowing knowing what we know about Paul, hopefully he was very calm and just prepared for whatever was going to come. But, you know, he had to be kind of looking over his shoulder, wondering, okay, I know from what's being said that I'm going to be arrested. That, that That's what's going to happen here. And so when will it happen? Well, he had intended to go to Rome and then to Spain at some point in the future, but those things didn't happen during this third missionary journey, but he knew that he wanted to be at Jerusalem and he knew that chains awaited him. But let's consider for a moment the successes of Paul's third missionary journey. During this, he strengthened the churches in Galatia, Phrygia, Asia, Macedonia, Achaia, or Greece, and Syria. He spent three years in Ephesus, which I believe is the longest period he spent everywhere. I think he spent two years in Corinth, if I remember correctly, but three years is the longest that he spent everywhere. And from his time there in Ephesus, it says that the word went throughout all of Asia. From just one location, the gospel was able to go to many additional locations. He encouraged the churches in Macedonia. He dealt with the problems at Corinth with evident success. He wrote four letters, Galatians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and Romans, and he was able to motivate Gentile Christians to assist their needy Jewish brethren in Jerusalem. I forget where the passage is on that, but he was, he did collect uh, money to take back to Jerusalem for the relief of the believers in that city, which is one of the reasons why he was coming back, was to take that contribution to them. And so we will leave Paul in Jerusalem. Just a quick thought on that request is that Paul wasn't in Jerusalem very long. Things happened very quickly. So let me give you just a little bit more lead up and then we'll leave you at the cliffhanging, <laughs> the cliffhanging point here. 
And so we see that the day following, Paul went in to James and to the elders that were present. He saluted them. He declared unto them what had been happening, how the Gentiles were believing. And then they instructed him to take four men, which have a vow on them, take them and purify thyself, thyself with them and be at charges with them. And this was, the intent was that they, they wanted Paul, because he was doing so much work among the, among the Gentiles, they wanted him to show the other the Jews, the Jewish believers, that he walked orderly and kept the law. And so Paul agreed. He took them in. The next day, purifying his, himself with them, he entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were in Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him. So there's a lot of questioning about why Paul went to the temple. We don't have time to fully discuss and, and, and pull all of that information out. But Paul was persuaded to take these Jewish men, do a ritual purification. And while he is there, he is seen by Jews who were from Asia and knew him. And there's concern about a person. We'll discuss that more in the next episode. Leave you hanging why, what happened. <laughs> we will come back and discuss his imprisonment and so forth in the coming episode. I realize this is very overview, very quick. There is just so much to Paul's life that um, you could spend years looking at each nuance of things that happened in his life, and we don't have time currently to do that. So we'll just do a quick overview and we'll come back in the future and look at more uh, specific stories and instances in Paul's life as we go. Um, I'm curious if you leave in the comments, what is your favorite story, your favorite interaction of Paul with another person, a situation that revolves around Paul? What is your favorite story? Um, I would have to say, I, I think it's the Philippian jailer and uh, makes it even cooler because I when I was in Philippi uh, back in 2012, so I was in Greece, went to Philippi, and they you saw where they claim is the Philippian jail. Uh, it was no, nothing like what I pictured in my mind, but it was uh, cool to see where they think uh, the jail was at that time and where Paul might have been held in prison. And that was very interesting, for sure. I enjoyed seeing that. So definitely, if you have a chance to visit Greece, and go to Philippi, visit that ancient city. I know I mentioned it last time, uh, but it is a very, very beautiful place to visit. I was there in the winter. I imagine in the spring, it would be even more beautiful, but uh, enough rambling about the city of Philippi. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the God's Peculiar People podcast. I will talk to you guys again next week with our final episode on the life of Paul for the moment. Mm -hmm.